This is 100 Days of Dante, a podcast journey through Dante's divine comedy, one canto at a time. Join us online at 100daysofdante.com. Let's read together. Canto 27 begins right after Dante meets a memorable hero of classical literature. This hero is cunning Ulysses, perhaps better known as Odysseus. Ulysses has just described his overweening desire to gain experience of the world. He coaxed his comrades to sail into the western sea beyond all others' knowledge. There, God sunk both his ship and his self-importance. Canto 26 ends on this somber note, and by the third line of Canto 27, Ulysses is gone. Another fraudulent counselor appears in his place. Guido of Montefeltro. Dante's first readers would have readily recognized this Italian nobleman. Like Ulysses, Guido's wretched story shows how warped words can wreak ruin upon our lives. Through rhetorical sleight of hand, we sometimes give the appearance of sound advice while losing sight of the truth that actually governs good counsel. Before turning to Guido's story, I wonder if you've considered the flame from which he speaks to Dante and Virgil. It's a striking image because even though we sometimes think of hell as a very fiery place, in Dante's hell, fire is relatively rare. Why does fire show up now when it comes to false counselors? For one thing, Dante surely thought of James 3, 5 to 6, which says, The tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. With false boasts and manipulative speech, our tongue set the world ablaze. This was true in Dante's time, and it's also true for us. Think of how people nudge others to believe things that undermine the common good. Social media comments, shares, and likes are simply the latest ways we can offer false counsel. If bad counsel can spread like wildfire through even old-fashioned conversation, what shall we say about social media? If used badly, it sets on fire the entire course of life, to quote St. James. Dante is on to something then when he has false counselors suffering within great tongues of fire as a reminder of how they burned others with deceitful use of their tongues. Dante must also have had Acts 2 in mind. There we learn of Pentecost, when tongues as of fire appeared and rested on the disciples, filling them with the Holy Spirit. Divinely empowered, Jesus' disciples proclaim God's works, share Christ's truth, and guide others into wisdom. Dante sees that fraudulent counselors make a mockery of this Pentecostal gift of speech, so he gives these sinners their just desert. They do not receive a spiritually empowering divine flame like at Pentecost. Instead, evil counselors are wrapped in blinding flames that punish their deceit and deprive them of the enlightenment they refuse to others. This is the condition in which Dante and Virgil find Guido. But who was he? Why is he here? Guido was part of a political party 
that supported the Holy Roman Emperor and opposed the Pope. Early on in the canto, we get a sense of his interest in politics. He wants to know the latest news of lovely Italy, that sweet land, and the scene of all my guilt. Dante obliges by telling him of the Italian's endless game of thrones. For Guido, who was so intent upon intrigue and power during life, Dante's report must have been tantalizing. Guido boasts of his shrewdness, yet we also hear a note of shame in his words. He does not want anyone in the world above to know that for all his savvy, he landed in hell. He says, while I yet wore the form of bones and flesh my mother gave me, all my actions were not those that mark the lion, but the fox. Clever expedients and covered ways, I worked them all so artfully my fame resounded at the limits of the earth. This man Guido was a cunning operative. He was a grandmaster of the political chessboard, finding ways of cornering his adversaries on and off the battlefield. Guido was a man capable of appearing trustworthy, yet duplicity lurked in his designs. For all that, toward the end of his life, he had a come-to-Jesus experience. The life in which he once gloried, he, quote, wearied of, confessed, repented, gave my freedom over, end quote. All were amazed at the sinner who took up the humble life of a Franciscan friar. His transformation was striking. Leaving behind his fine trappings as a nobleman and decorated military leader, Guido wore the plain brown tunic and rope belt of the Franciscans, shaved his head in a monkish tonsure. Imagine what you'd think if one of the wealthiest, worldliest, and most powerful men of our day and age left public life, became a monk, and devoted himself to prayer and good works. Hallelujah! Yet Guido's story ends badly. He'd have us believe it wasn't his fault that a black angel dragged him down to hell. How so? The Pope, Boniface VIII, wanted counsel about how to conquer his enemies, fellow Christians, in a town just east of Rome. He asked Guido to conspire with him. According to Guido, the Pope reassured him. Let your heart not be troubled. In advance, I will absolve you. Show me what to do. So tempted, Guido hatched a diabolical plot. In a way, Guido's wicked actions mirrored the sins of the Pope. They each gave bad counsel to the other. The demon who drags Guido to hell makes a point as clear as a bell. Quote, one who does not repent can't be absolved, nor can a man repent and will at once. The law of contradiction rules it out. End quote. It's simple, isn't it? We can't repent of something that we simultaneously intend to do, and we can't be absolved of what we don't repent. Pope Boniface promised Guido an impossibility. Of course, Guido knew this. He wasn't stupid. We have something to learn from him, don't we? We might outwit other people, but there is no outwitting God. No amount of fine print can explain away the condition of our hearts, the nature of our affections, or the choices we make. To be sure, when we fail, we can repent, find grace, and be welcomed into the Lord's arms. But this, alas, was not the way of Guido of Montefeltro. 
For all his savvy and for his failure truly to repent, he is lost forever. Jesus said, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. There, my friends, is good counsel to hold on to. Thank you for reading Dante's Divine Comedy with us. Continue the journey at 100daysofdante.com. 100 Days of Dante is brought to you by the Baylor University Honors College with support from the Torrey Honors College at Biola University, the Templeton Honors College at Eastern University, the University of Dallas, Whitworth University, and Gonzaga University in Florence.